just, uh, <laughs> wow. Well, good morning and welcome to the uh, Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're happy to be here this morning, say amen. 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 To our membership, our regular church folk, uh, if no one has told you in a while, we are so happy to have you as a part of our church. And to our visitors or guests that are just passing through, thank you for stopping by and worshiping with us this morning. As always, we're going to ask you to do us a favor. There's a card in the back of your pew. Please fill that out and pass it in to me or one of our shepherds, or there's a box in the foyer so that we can have a record of your attendance to invite you back out here and maybe uh, encourage you to place membership at this church because I think you won't find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo. Amen. Outstanding. i got to make two quick announcements. Um, the first is this. Uh, next Sunday, uh, which is the fourth, I believe, right, Alicia? We're going to have a new members fellowship luncheon. So if you are a new, newer member at our church, this uh, luncheon is designed to really uh, just uh, say welcome to you and thank you for being a part of our church. So we want you to come out to that. And for our uh, regular members, if you will, please stay for that so that we can get to know some of our newer families uh, and make them feel like they're uh, welcomed here and, and, and just really encourage you guys to stay in the love on them. Uh, uh, so that's next, uh, that's next week, um, the, the 4th, I believe, of May, uh, immediately after the service. Uh, so we want to invite you uh, definitely out uh, to that. Well, today we're going to be concluding our sermon series entitled The Born Again Identity. And I want to thank you for being here from start to finish. Um, if you've been, over, been here for the past few weeks, you know we've been working our way uh, through this series, right? And throughout this series, the premise of this sermon was to, or sermon series, was to help us to identify some Christian principles or born-again believer principles that I think all Christians should have. So during part one uh, of our sermon series, we talked about how we are called to live unashamed. So as believers in Jesus Christ, we've got to let people know that we love the Lord and that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be able to share that message confidently with courage in a broken and fallen world. And then in part number two, uh, we talked about how to live in humility. And that was during Palm Sunday. So we told the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem to where he was going to be crucified and give his life as a ransom for all of us and how God wants his disciples to live in complete humility, which is oftentimes problematic and hard to do. Last week, which was part three, uh, we talked about how to live victoriously, how to have a victorious mindset. And today, finally... Our crescendo lesson for the last, I guess, 15 minutes that we have this morning is how to live uh, in complete and utter peace. So this morning, if you're stressed out, if you're tired, if you had too many cups of coffee, this sermon is for you. This morning, we're talking about how God calls us to live in peace. And right when I say that word, don't you feel the stress just disappearing? Say it with me. Peace. Ah, that feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> so the story goes that there was a teenage daughter who was telling her father about her new boyfriend. And she said, uh, he is good looking. He is smart. He is buff. And the father said, well, that sounds very nice. I hope he treats you nice. And then the father said to the daughter, does he have any money? 
And the daughter said to the father, Dad, you're so funny. All you men are just alike because he asked the same thing about you. <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be very difficult to live in peace. Amen? Sometimes it can be very difficult to live stress-free um, just as fathers with daughters, right? But God has called all of his children to live a peaceful existence in a fallen and broken world. But oftentimes that's difficult because we have to deal with a life full of stress, a life full of bills, a life full of college debt, a life full of uh, sickness, a life full of, of death. And we are constantly facing these trials and tribulations. Every time we get out of a storm, we're prepping to go into another one. How can we live in peace? in this broken and fallen and stressful world. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So if you would, open up your Bibles to our first section of Scripture found in John chapter 16, and we're going to be looking at verse number 33. John chapter 16 in verse number 33, the Bible says something very profound. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to pay attention to this next section of the verse. It says, in this world, you may have some trouble. That's not what it says, right? In this world, every once in a while, you might have a little bit of trouble. That's not what it says. It says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. This passage of scripture is very clear in telling us that because of sin, because of our choice in the beginning in the garden, because of the brokenness that is a result of sin, all of us are going to have to go through trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. That's what we face living in the flesh. That's what we have to deal with until the Lord calls us home trouble. And notice that God never says to believers that you won't have any challenges. I wish that would be the case, right? If you're a Christian, you never have to struggle with anything. Life is going to be great, no problems ever. But if you've been a faithful disciple, a born-again believer long enough, you know that no matter how much you pray, no matter how many times you read your Bible a day, no matter how many good works you do, trouble will somehow find you because of this broken world that we live in. You can't get away from it. But what I love about what Jesus says and what he teaches his disciples is that we can have peace in the middle of our problems. Amen. We can have peace in the middle of our struggles. We can have peace in the middle of our stress. Mike, I want you to go to this next slide, if you will. Um, I really like this picture because, yeah, I see a lot of people like this, especially a lot of Christian people. It says, I'm a little stressed right now. Just turn away and leave quietly and no one gets hurt with his or her cup of coffee there, right? I see a lot of people that live with this mentality and this mindset. And sadly, I see a lot of folk in the church like this, always stressed out, always on edge. There's always a problem. There's always an issue. There's always something going on. And then on top of that, they drink a big cup of coffee, right? And and that's that's how we tend to function as believers sometimes. But the Bible tells us that as born-again believers, we are called to live lives of peace. So how do we do that? 
because I get stressed out every time I go fill up my tank of, uh, in the car at the gas station. I'm, I, I get stressed out every time I see something on television that is just not, not, not in, in line with God's will. I get stressed out all the time because I'm worried about my children and them growing up in this culture. Life is hard, so how can the Lord tell us to live in stress? You know, Mary tells me all the time, she says, Jason, as a nurse practitioner, She's learned that the human body is not designed to live in worry. Did you know that? Our, our, our makeup, God didn't design us physically to live lives of worry. You know what happens when you worry too much, right? You have sleepless nights. Any of you have sleepless nights before? Where you, where, where, where you go to bed on purpose early, you play the little music in the background, the ocean, or you turn on your fan and you're sitting there and you say, tonight I'm going to get a good night's sleep. You, you turn on the AC to make it nice and cozy when you get in the blankets. And then you wake up, 2 a.m. in the morning, thinking about that issue or that problem, worried about that next report, worried about what's going to happen at work the next day, stressed out. You know, Americans spend billions of dollars on sleep aids. Did you know that? If you go to Target and you go into the sleep aid section, every time you go over there, z is always sold out. Not that I go over there. I'm just saying if you went over there, <laughs> you would notice that. I'm just saying, right? We have sleepless nights. We have hard times in so much that we don't, we don't sleep well. And we even have anxiety attacks. If any of you have had one of those, that's a scary thing, right? I've never had one, but they say, <laughs> I've never had one, but they say your heart pounds very quickly. And you get lightheaded and you feel like the room is closing in on you. We struggle with anxiety and that does nothing for your physical well-being. That doesn't help, but we're stressed out people and we're worried. We're having hard times. And usually uh, if you live in worry and live in stress, Mary tells me that you have high blood pressure, right? And high blood pressure leads to, to heart attacks, right? We can't function at our best when we live lives of worry and stress like this all the time time. But that's what we do. Even as believers in Jesus Christ, we live like this. And the question is, why? Well, I think the answer to that question is, is because Satan is good at what he does. But Jesus, the God that we serve, calls us to live lives of peace. So let's get into how we can figure out how to how to maybe maybe do this. I want you to turn to another passage in your Bible found in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15. The Bible, I love this text, don't you? It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In other words, let it dominate your thinking, right? When the Bible says hearts, it's talking about usually your mind or your emotions. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Not that assignment that is due, not that bill that you have to pay, not worried about that person in your family that has that sickness or worried about your kid. Let the peace of God or Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to live in peace or you were called to peace and be thankful. You see, when we allow God's peace to rule in our hearts, we are living in a power position. Now, I'm not a, um, a uh, uh, 
mixed martial arts guy or I don't do jiu-jitsu or karate. Maybe Ken DeBose can talk about this a little bit. But I, I hear that in hand-to-hand combat, the person who is calm or living in peace is able to defeat the person that is out of control. I do have a story. Let me tell you. When I was in college, I had a roommate of mine. And we were tussling around outside in the snow at Arkansas. We, it was snowing, so everybody was out. We were having good times. So we decided to wrestle in the snow. Two grown men out there wrestling, having a good time. Eventually, he may have slipped and punched me in the face on accident. Um, I didn't know if it was an accident or not. So I was like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you functioning like that? We got into a little spat. I wasn't really mad, but then all of a sudden, he just flipped on me. He got angry and began to throw punches at me. Luckily, I'm short, so most of them went over my head. And as he was attempting to fight me, I was thinking, this is my roommate. I'm not going to fight him back. So all I did was stick and move. I gave him a little rope-a-dope. Eventually, after the, the, the fight was over, he had a black eye, a busted lip, and scraped all up. And, and everybody was like, Jason, man, you were amazing. I was thinking to myself, I wasn't fighting the guy. I was just living in the peace of the moment, and I wasn't trying to get into him with him. And I just moved out of the way, and he ended up beating himself up. You ever seen somebody beat themselves up before? That's what happened to the guy, right? Um, I hope he's not listening. I hope he's not listening. You know, it's amazing when you live in peace, you're in a power position. So when the Satan's assaults and attacks come upon you, you can just stick and move and let it go. And when somebody's rude to you or angry or upset, you go, I'm, I'm going to move out of the way and let Christ's peace help me through this situation. And you've been there before, right? You know what I mean when I say that, to live in peace and to move out of the way. I heard someone once say that you can't control the problems in your life. Life is about 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Amen? Is that right? Am I preaching this morning? It's about 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. This morning in our Bible class, we were talking about how not to be reactive people. But I know a lot of believers in Christ that are just so reactive. Whenever something happens, they're quick to move and quick to... The Bible tells us to be calm and to be peaceful people, to be proactive. Our problems shouldn't rule over us. God's peace should. And like I said, um, Satan is really, really good at what he does. But I want to make this point clear. So if you don't take anything I say this morning, and you're not hearing anything, hear this. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Did you know that? Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is knowing God's in control in the midst of trouble. Amen? I know some people that say, you know, when this problem leaves, then my life will be blessed. Then I'll be able to sleep. When, when, when these issues and this work and this stress and this debt and me worrying about my kids, once those problems are solved, then I'll be able to have peace. That's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches us how to have peace in the midst of all of that stuff that's going on. That's what true peace is, knowing in the midst of it all, God is there with you and can help you through it. Um, there's a story. Uh, next, next slide, Mike. A story. In Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 40, that really illustrates the point that I'm trying to communicate to you this morning that I want to share with you. You guys know this this passage of scripture where where Jesus calms the storm, but I I just want to look at it and pull out some things that maybe you haven't considered before, okay? So the Bible says, a furious squall or a storm came up 
and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Just imagine this this. this context here, this situation. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been on a boat in the middle of the ocean before where the waves are rocky and the winds are blowing, and it's a little scary, isn't it, right? So on the outside of this boat, all this, th- th- these terrible things were happening. The wind was howling, maybe lightning and rain and storms, and Jesus was inside the boat. And what he was telling his disciples was, don't let that storm get inside of you. Make sure it stays outside of the boat and remember that I'm here with you, right? If you've ever been in a hurricane or a tornado before, and many of you from the south, so you've, you've been there before, you know in a hurricane or a tornado, there's always the eye of the storm. And in the eye of the storm, it's completely calm, right? Completely calm. Mary and I were uh, living in Arkansas uh, at the time, and uh, there was a, a really, really bad tornado. If you've been to Arkansas, you know it happens just, it could be bright, sunny outside, and then all of a sudden it just turns black and there's tornado. So I knew a tornado was coming, and I knew we were going to be locked down for a little bit, so I had the bright idea of driving a blockbuster because I knew we would be, you know, in the dorm rooms for a while. So I said, Mary, let's hop in the car, let's go to Blockbuster, let's get a movie, and let's ride this thing out, right? So we hopped in the car, and all of a sudden the, the, the clouds opened up, uh, the, the roads were flooding, and if you've ever been in a really bad storm, I was driving in my car, and I began to feel my car just kind of stop and float just a little bit. The storm was coming in. The winds were, were blowing. And in Arkansas, luckily, there are churches everywhere, right? So we decided to drive into a church um, and, and huddle inside a corner uh, uh, of the church building and let the storm pass. And I tell you what, it was the scariest thing, but the eye of the storm passed over us at one point, and it was just calm and clear, uh, and nothing, nothing was there at that moment. It was perfect, perfect peace. You know, I believe that God always provides a space of peace in the midst of our storms. When you should be upset and you should be worried when you can't pay that bill or, or you're sick with cancer or you're worried about your kids or you're worried about that assignment, there's somehow a space of peace there that you can find yourself in. And the Bible says it's a peace that does what? Passes all understanding. And Jesus is able to provide that peace for us in the midst of these storms. Have you ever heard the saying before? Still waters run deep. You know, and if I had another verse to look at this morning before I step down, um, it would be in in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I love this profound section of scripture here. It says, We ought to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving in the Lord's army gets entangled with civilian affairs that he may be able to please the one that he is that he is serving. Right. I love that section of scripture because it tells us that when problems arise, we shouldn't even flinch. Knowing that God is in control. That's hard to do. That's easier. That's easier said than done. One more section, uh, one more story, if you will, and then we'll be done this morning. Mike, Mike go to that, that last slide, if you will. Uh, I, love, I love this picture. Uh, you may recognize this story. Uh, 
what we see is we see a fiery furnace. And we see three individuals in the furnace. Actually, we see, we see four individuals in this furnace. And if you've ever studied the Bible, you know this story, don't you? It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, if you've never heard this story before, let me tell it to you real quick. There was a king by the, uh, the name of Nebuchadnezzar. And he built this altar, he built this idol, this statue, and he said, I want everybody in the land to bow down to this statue. Everybody. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were people of influence in the region at that time. And they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, we are, we are not bowing down because we serve God Most High. We, we aren't doing that. And Nebuchadnezzar said, okay, well, I've got a fiery furnace prepared. And if you choose not to bow down to that... Uh, idol, you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace, and you're going you're gonna to perish. Uh, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response was, well, we believe that God's going to deliver us. But then they said something else. Even if God doesn't deliver us, we know he's in control. Oh, I like that attitude, right? So the king then threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, but before they did that, they had to stoke the fire a little bit. And remember, the soldiers that were stoking the fire went so close to the flames, and the flames were so hot that they got burned up stoking the fire. That's how, that's how hot it was. They threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar was there watching. And he asked the question, didn't we just throw three people in the fire? But now we see four. And the Bible says, one like unto the Son of Man was right there with him in the midst of the fire. I love that story. Because no matter what kind of fires we're going through, no matter what kind of storms in life we're going through, Jesus is right there with us. And he gives us a peace to be able to handle whatever we're going through if we allow that peace to rule our hearts in our minds, and we say, you know what, if God fixes up this situation, great. If he doesn't, I still know he's on the right path. Shack and Abednego were pulled out of the fiery flames. They didn't even smell like barbecue. Says <laughs> smoke. <laughs> anyway, didn't even smell. Didn't even smell like smoke because God was right there with them. As we close out this series this morning, just these characteristics that I think all of us should have as born-again believers. And today, I just want to leave you with this sense of peace. We live in a hard day and age, a tough culture, especially down where we live in South Orange County. We have to work. Both parents are working now, stressed, tired, worried, bills, debt, kids. Let's live in peace, knowing that God is on the throne. And that with him, we can always be in the eye of the storm. All right. So this morning, if you are living a life that is full of stress and worry, you're having a hard time even sleeping at night, physically your health is not good because you've been taking on too much stuff, this invitation is for you. I believe the Lord is calling you and saying, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, and I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. So this morning, if you fall into that category, you're having a hard time, Jesus wants to meet you in this eye of the storm. If you're not a Christian, we give you the opportunity to become a Christian today, and you'll know what true peace looks like then. You don't have to worry about all that other stuff. Amen to my, my new converts here that just got baptized and were put in Christ. Life is much different now, isn't it? Because the Lord is on the throne. Whatever your needs or concerns are, won't you come together while we stand and sing? Oh, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary.